Great leadership is about principles. From our work with hundreds of school leaders, it is clear that those who understand this are the ones who thrive. At Making Stuff Better, we create regenerative spaces. Whether these be through executive coaching, coach training, or our group programs, one principle is clear. The principle of belonging comes up time and time again. So with this in mind, here at Making Stuff Better, we are making 2023 the year of belonging. This show is a series of journeys we will take to explore what belonging means in an international school in the 21st century. What does it feel like? How do you create it? What matters most about it? And do we even need it at all in our schools? Join us as we discuss leadership stories from around the globe and uncover what belonging means today and why leaders may need it to thrive. By me, Matt Hall, and my friend and colleagues, Jill Kelly and Naomi Ward, powered by Making Stuff Better. Well, welcome, folks, to this final episode of season one of the Principal Podcast. And we have come to the end, at least to the extent to which it's true you can come to the end of exploring belonging. But we're at the end of our season where we have this wonderful journey into the exploration of belonging. So it's a time just to touch base, slow down and reflect and pause and think about what have we learned? What's, what's the journey traveled? And I'm delighted to be with Naomi and Jill this final episode of season one, where we're just going to explore that. We're just going to explore what our learning is. And I'd really encourage, encourage you, if you're listening, to do the same. And if you want to dip back into some of the previous episodes, then go ahead. That's what we've done. And just, just thought, well, we, we set out to, to understand belonging better. So let's see what we've learned. Lovely to be with you, Naomi and Jill. Lovely to be here. Yeah, there's so much to reflect on. <laughs> there is, there's, there is, and we're not going to squeeze it all in, but let, let's dive in. So Naomi, I'm going to, let me come to you first, really. I'm, I'm just curious, big question, I know, but what's, what's been your biggest learning about belonging as a result of the, the hours of discussions and interviews that we've done? Quite a challenge to distill it down to one thing, but maybe a thread that's gone through a lot of conversations is this sense that our ability to belong and support others to feel that they belong really comes through quite small interactions. So in the episode with Doug Lamov, he cites Daniel Coyle, you know, who wrote The Culture Code, that belonging is a flame that needs to be continuously fed by signals of connection. And I guess there are two aspects to that that I find interesting one of which is belonging is quite fragile and we can easily tip over into belonging uncertainty, but it's also quite hopeful in that we all have the capacity to support others to feel like they belong just with eye contact, bringing our full presence, listening well, being kind, all those micro interactions with colleagues, with children, children, two children, so that that flame keeps alive. So I found that really compelling because of how the small, the, the small things that we do that really have, can have an impact. And I'm curious, Naomi, is that, is that something that maybe you, you're aware of before or is that something that, that's become amplified as a result of the discussions or, or what's changed for you? Well, I think it's a, it's a lens that we take at making stuff better, isn't it? That in a world and, and, in a world where things are quite overwhelming, 
to know that you can have a significant impact and not only an impact on others, but an impact on yourself, because actually the gift when you offer something is also to the receiver. So just these exchanges and our shared humanity in the moment, that that really can be the switch of change where ripples go out more widely. And I know it's not only that, obviously there's the other side of the coin in terms of the leadership that creates the container where that becomes a shared expectation, shared behaviours, that's important too. And I think we all know that, don't we, when we go out into the world and someone smiles at us or we do the same, there's a kind of, we're lifted and we feel more able to offer something to the world. Yeah, that's the side I'm, that sort of stayed with me. It also takes the gaze to like, what do leaders have to do to just make that the norm? Yeah, what do they have to do, Jill? <laughs> what brings me to my next question, really? What, yeah, what have you learned about leading belonging? Because that's been a really important part of this process. Gosh, so much. Roy talked about belonging as not always being a positive thing and that people um, can bend themselves uh, to just want to belong. And that, that was a sort of big learning for me. But in terms of the, the leading it, it was Michael Carhill's episode that around the systemic leadership that really stuck with me. And when you're leading an organisation, you deal with the all types of humanity, behaviours, everything. And your role, one of your roles is to hold that container and to cherish it and, and keep that community thriving. And when you have to say goodbye to somebody from a community, it can be very easy to do it in a kind of, right, you're going right, that's it, you're gone, and it becomes transactional, and off you go. But actually, what I learned from Michael is that it's very important, the beginnings and the endings of anyone's lifespan in a community adds to a sense of belonging. The way you treat and welcome people into a system and the way you say goodbye to them and let, let them leave a system in itself generates a sense of belonging because others see how you treat people. So the example he gave was where, let's say, an individual has behaved in a way that actually means that they can no longer be part of that community. His example was, in that moment, you acknowledge what that person has brought to the community, has brought to the system. So no matter how hard and how awful you feel that their behaviour has been, there might be something that can be acknowledged as, as sort of developing that system and you know you acknowledge them you thank them for that and you acknowledge that their behavior means that they can no longer be part of this community and so we bid them farewell but that's not without thanking them for what they had brought positively to it so that was a really clear instruction or invitation to to bring into leadership practice which i don't think always happens i think it's often we need to get rid of this person and solve the problem. And, and also this idea, if you don't do that, if you don't acknowledge and and then let them leave well, it leaves something behind. It leaves a kind of ghost of that person. And and so the person who comes into that, that person's role is sort of sitting in their chair and, you know, there needs to be a cleansing to be allow the organisation and system to continue to develop in a positive way. So that was very clear and I thought was so practical that could be applied in a leadership setting. Yeah, and it's Michael's reminder, isn't it, of those those principles of time, time, place, and exchange. I found that found that really helpful as 
as principles to to approach leaving yeah. and arrive leaving and arriving, but also belonging more widely. And I guess what I'm hearing and what you're both saying is perhaps that's a learning for me is that so often uh, when we approach things, particularly in the schools, it's policy led or framework led or initiative vision. There's somewhere there's a big document, you know, let's create a belonging working party. <laughs> but actually this, this stuff all exists in the minutiae, doesn't it? It's, it really is small is all. There's, these are all about tiny little behaviors that fractal and have an impact more widely. So, so with that my, in, in mind, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious with what you said at the beginning there, Jill, about what Roy said about it's not always, we, we've kind of built a lot of this on the assumption that belonging is good and that we need to create belonging. But it sounds like, sounds like you had some challenge in there. Or, or, yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, and, you know, there's a sense there, I go back to, I used to Roy is a practising Buddhist, which I know he's very open about, so that when we're sharing, I used to teach Buddhism, so I'm drawn to that thing of what you crave causes suffering. So if you actively crave something so much that you will change yourself to be within something, then that is going to cause suffering. So belonging in itself doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. If you crave it so much that your response is to change yourself to belong, then that is not a good thing in my view. So people will will change, will hide, will hide aspects of themselves, whether it's a protected, well, we've all got protected characteristics, but there may be some characteristic that they particularly hide away to be able to be accepted into mainstream culture, whether it's your sexuality, whether your gender means you have to hide your tendencies, your, your own way of being just to be able to fit in with the perceived wisdom of the day. And then therefore you, you don't bring your true self to work or life. And then what are you belonging to? You're not belonging you're with you in there. You're just bits of you. So any system that would allow you to fully be you and be fully present with people is a gift, not only to you, but to others because they, they see you and it's permission giving for others to do the same. So if there's a sense that you have to change in a system and if you don't, there's going to be some kind of consequence, negative consequence, like not being promoted for a job, being overlooked, being talked down, not being even selected for interview for something. If there are consequences to you and not hiding things, then people are, that's not healthy. That's not a healthy sense of belonging at all. So it's really encouraging that idea that belonging has to be not a one-way thing, not you giving of yourself, but it has to be a symbiotically reciprocal thing where we, we feel like we're all connected and we see each other. Yes, it's messy, isn't it, Jill? You know, this this isn't just a straightforward process. And I think in, in many episodes, there was really good discussion about, you know, whether people want to belong. And is it, yeah, as you say, is it wise to belong? Is it safe to belong? Curious about whether that came up for you, Naomi, in any of the episodes you heard, that, that, that kind of tension. Well, I think we have to beware making assumptions about what belonging looks like for individuals. So it needs to be a dynamic dialogue with a lot of listening. And I was really taken by the episode with Zahara Chowdhury, who has a blog and podcast called How Schools Should Be. And she was so pragmatic about a process for how you might set about creating belonging and she's the DEI and wellbeing lead. And you might 
I remember her saying, like, you could send out a survey, but no, that's not the place to start. That's a tool. It really is about relationships, listening, being prepared to get it wrong, and humility in order to include everyone in your in your population. And, and I would encourage people to go back and, and listen to Zahara. She's got real clarity in in how we can be guided through that. And it also raises, you know, as Joe, you were talking, it's, you know, what what do we belong to? And Matt, you talked about a document that might have <laughs> have, have the vision and, and that's really important. But the episode with Owen Eastwood, author of Belonging, he talks about the story of us. And in his book, he has a quote by um, Tipin O'Regan that, is, that says, if you own your memory, you can own your future. I think it would be a wonderful thing if organizations wrote their story, told their story, retold their story about where they came from, the journey they've traveled and, and the future they're going to. Because we all understand stories, don't we, in our bones. And it's something I think we can belong to. And when an organization is updated, he, he, he writes a lot about um, sports teams and when um, sports teams might get people with different identities, you know, we hear those people's stories and that becomes integrated into the fabric of the organization. And that's some work that I'd really love to do actually is to work with, work with um, schools maybe to what's your story of us, I think is a really, a really great inquiry and to keep retelling that so that we'll, people have that sense of belonging to a story and you're writing the story together. That feels really um, enlivening. And another thing that I will shut up in a minute. Another thing that Owen Eastwood talks about is the fact that, you know, schools really are a wonderful place and have a wonderful opportunity to share with children what it means to belong and, and to teach them this is what it this is what it feels like, this is what it is, and this is how you can create it in the spaces you will you will go on and inhabit. Owen's episode was, I, I agree, really, really insightful in that. And, and I love the link to the work that he's done with Maori tribes and the concept of whakapapa. You know, this idea of, the imagery works really well for me, this idea that, you know, it's your time in the sun, but there were, there were previous people whose time it was in the sun and there'll be people to come. And I think so often our kind of culture suggests or makes us feel like we're kind of, we're the only ones, you know, there's this idea that we're here and we've got to have an impact and it's, just us and we've got to particularly in leadership you know you've got to you've got to you've got to have an impact and it's often at the not the expense but maybe without considering what went before you and what might come after you or maybe it's not the latter i think maybe school school leaders and schools are very good at thinking about legacy you know it's, it's the art of creating legacy isn't it education you know how do you create something in in others but le less good at doing the, the backward gazing stuff which to your point is, yeah, what it was it? What is our story, and how do we write our story? And and it, it feels particularly relevant to me, I think, for this sector. You know, if we're if we're running a international school in a particular part of the world, what's the story we write together? When maybe there isn't a long history of our school being on this site, or a long history of our community being in this place. Maybe it doesn't feel like our place. So how do we how do we write that story? And that and story is so much more powerful, isn't it? than policy or document or framework or mission statement as a concept. And, and just you talking about community there and, the, and the, the place your school might be created, you know, no, no involvement, no commitment. So how do you draw in 
all of those voices back to what Zahara is talking about to create that story and include, to Jill's point, you know, the difficult things, the really tough things that happen. That is part of the story that needs to be told mm. to create the coherence. You know, I guess, I guess head teachers and principals are leaders of coherence and flow and energy. So that's what a story can offer past, present, future. Yeah, and I heard that in Mel's episode, actually, which was one of the first. She was the, I think, second episode in, in season. And she talked a lot about taking that seriously and having systems in place to be able to allow, she may not have used the word story, but it felt like it was being held. There was something being held there about um, welcoming and um, bringing people in and wanting it to be very much part of this is what we do at this school and this is how we, it becomes this idea of a shared way of being. I heard that a lot in that episode. Yeah, and there's also this sense when you're leading an organisation that it's never job done. It's never, right, I've done that now and everyone belongs. This is an ongoing process. And going back to what Naomi was just saying about continually going back to the story, that's really important because the story evolves. And I was really struck by Aisha Thomas's episode where she speaks so eloquently about her own experience as an individual, but also her advice to leaders of organization. And Aisha runs a company called Representation Matters and the book of the same title. And in that, she encourages us to have a shared language of understanding of belonging and being part of that community but experiences people have if they're from different ethnic backgrounds, if they have different sexuality, if they have what, what different class structure, you know, what experiences do people have in that organisation and what shared language do we need to have to allow everyone to belong? And I was struck by that because in the same moment I agreed and went, yes, we need to have a shared language. And in the next moment, my brain's going, well, but how? What does that look like? How do we do that? How do we implement that? My implementing brain went into overdrive. And so I was left with more questions than maybe had them answered in that particular point about a shared language. But that's okay, because what's that signaling is, there is no such thing as a job done, that we're always having to go back to our values, our sense of story. Who are we? What? How do we... How do we get to where we are to be able to work out what shared language is? So I feel in this area around belonging, leaders might feel this pressure of just getting it right and putting it in a box and saying, yeah, I've done that now. We've got a sense of belonging. And then sometimes you're absolutely crestfallen a year beyond that and things are falling apart. So it's okay for it to be messy, unresolved. And Zahara, I think, made the same point that it isn't always right. Sometimes we're going to get it wrong. So there was almost a permission giving there from Aisha that shared language, but it's raised the question around how and how do we get there? So it felt that it's an ongoing journey. Yeah, there's something coming up for me as you and what you're both saying around around intentionality, you know, and and leading along with intention. And it's it's the intention that is important. You know, but I think of this with the work that, you know, Judy Reese spoke about in her school that they've intentionally made belonging part of the curriculum, which brings us kind of full circle to this. You know, it doesn't happen by accident. It lives in the culture that you create in your staff and your students, but it also can be learned, you know, which, which as Aronation said, you know, it's the schools are the best place to create it and you can create it through the interactions and the, the culture that you build, but you can also 
explore it through the curriculum. And we, and we know that Julie's gone on to be praised by Ofsted for that curriculum in her school that happened after the episode aired, which we're delighted about. And that curriculum was noted in the inspection report. But for me, there's something about, you know, not letting it happen by accident or by osmosis or by, you know, we just get loads of people together and we're really, as long as we're really nice to each other, it will happen. There's something really intentional and, and crafted about belonging led well. And I think, you know, Julie's, Judy's curriculum is, is just one example of that. No, yeah, kind of, as always, kind of, I can, I can always sense when there's something on your mind. <laughs> we're, we're coming towards the end of our, of our reflections and I'm excited to, to share what we've got planned for season two, but anything else still kind of rumbling around in that creative brain of yours? Yeah, it's huge. It's, been, it's just been fascinating and I'm so grateful to our generous guests and to you, Matt and Jill for just bringing that natural curiosity to the conversations that has raised so much for us to think about and so many more questions. And and there's a quote that I liked in their episode with Roy Layton, which was an E.M. Forster quote, which is only connect, live in fragments no longer. And that comes to what you were saying, Jill, about, you know, we can only bring part of ourselves to work and and that might be okay you know if we only want to bring this part of ourselves to work then then that is absolutely all right but just to be choiceful about that and and that that sense of being being whole to live in fragments no longer i f- i find really connects to this idea that we can belong yeah and i know that this season is is taking us to the next phase of our, of our exploration in the podcast in season 2 yeah so what's coming up Matt in season two. Thanks. Well, I think season two, we're going to, in my mind, at least we're going to zoom out. That's how it feels because belonging as we've explored and discovered is a really important part of organizational health. But we also know, and we know partly through conversations we've had with Owen and with Michael and with others who are real experts in this area, that it's not the only component. So I'm really excited in season two because we're going to be exploring this theme. What does it mean to create organizational health what is organizational health how how do you lead it how do you know when you've got it what are the component parts what are the roadblocks all of it in its entirety if we think of schools as systems what does it mean to create a system that is healthy and of course that raises far more questions um, than answers and we'll probably have far more questions by the end of the process than than we do when we start but i'm really excited to get we're going to get a whole range of really interested and exciting guests from within education and beyond to help us answer that question. And, and, and we set off as we did with belonging, which is with a, with a curious approach, not looking to pin down a specific answer, not looking to come up with any definitive solution to that question, but with a, a curiosity and an openness to exploring and finding out what, what might come up as we ask, ask that question. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start dropping into your, wherever you get your podcasts, late summer, and it will carry us through the, the next academic year. Great. It's been such a thrill to work with the collective wisdom of all of our guests. It really has. And when I've listened to, to all of them or been part of them, it's quite humbling, actually. So deeply grateful that we've had them with us. Really enjoyed it. And I've just learned so much. So really looking forward to next season to continue the conversation in a slightly different way. Yeah, likewise. And I, I 
I like your metaphor of zooming out, you know, to to think about schools as a system and and the nesting systems within it and also the, the wider world, you know, when we, we, we talk about regenerative spaces, don't we, at, at MSB, that to me speaks to, you know, sustainability and responsibility, not only for what happens within the school, but for the influence we have more widely. So, yeah. We're quite selfish on this podcast, aren't we? We like to look at the things we want to learn about, <laughs> but hopefully our listeners are finding that finding that rewarding as well. So looking forward to it. Yeah, great. Thanks, folks. That's all for this episode. We look forward to seeing you in season two. Thank you for coming along with us on this principled journey. To learn more about making stuff better and how we can help you and leaders in your school, please do get in touch through hello at makingstuffbetter.com. Alternatively, you can find us in all the usual places like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Links are in the show notes below. And don't forget to subscribe, and if you can, leave us a review. That's all for now. See you next time.